What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. All three fellas are hanging out with you tonight. Lucas here, joined by my fellow wonderful co-hosts Cameron and Tyler. Fellas, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday night? Oh, Guard Dog says he's doing good. Yeah, Mo's doing real well. Um, I also just discovered I have paint on my uh, hat. Um, oh no! Right on the brim there. Didn't even see it until now, and it's gonna <laughs> bug me the rest of the night. So if you catch me staring at myself, I'm not looking at you guys. I'm looking at huh? looking at myself. <laughs> Tyler, how you doing? Oh man, um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm still kind of riding the, uh, you know, hundred thousand following that we've got oh! now on TikTok. You know, oh, and... oh, nice. What was... All the rest of the time. <laughs> But I'm I'm uh, I'm also riding the uh, nice little uh, you know winning streak you could say that we're on right now as the fellas with uh, some of the new p- uh, partners that I'm trying not to spoil. But all I, I'm saying it's a it's a good time to be a fella. That's all let, I'm saying. Let's spoil it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to just play it again. Uh, we have some great new partnerships we're working with this upcoming season. Uh, we're excited to announce that we are now working with Underdog Fantasy. Uh, if you're not familiar with Underdog, they host tons and tons and tons of fantasy drafts literally every single day. Uh, and these drafts aren't your normal draft. They're not just a, a, a redraft league. They're not a dynasty league. There's a league called Best Ball. If you've never played Best Ball leagues before, how it works is you draft a team in a league you all play against each other, but there's no waiver wires. There's no trades. Your best lineup gets put in for you every single week. So there's no more like, ah, oh, crap. I sat Kadarius Tony when he went off for 180 yards against the Cowboys. There's no more of that because Kadarius Tony would have been in your lineup that week. So you draft your team, you keep your team, and your best lineup is automatically played for you every single week. Uh, you can actually, we are hosting 50 fantasy football leagues. In the next 50 days, we're currently in the middle. Uh, well, by the time you're listening to this, we're, we're probably going to be in the middle of day three. Uh, we're, we're, we've completed two drafts already. We are uh, either filling uh, or currently drafting for League 3 as you're listening to this. So you can sign up for Underdog Fantasy using the promo code FELLAS. That's F-E-L-L-A-S. You get 100% instant match on your first deposit. And if you go to the second link in our TikTok or in any of our social media bios, you will be able to find the link in which to join our leagues every single day. We're hosting one a day, opens at 9 a.m. every day. So get involved with that. We love Underdog. We're excited to be working with Underdog. Uh, we'll have another announcement on sponsorships later, but I don't want to force that one in here right now. So that one will come at a later time. But right now, Underdog Fantasy, make sure you go get signed up. Promo code fellas. Uh, get involved in, in, some, in some best ball leagues over there. Oh, I should probably mention uh, there's $2 million. Like for, They have a contest going on right now. Uh, first place gets $2 million. You should probably go join <laughs> that contest. If you want to win $2 million, there's literally 450,000 people entered. 
top place gets $2 million. So that's their best ball mania tournament. Go get involved. Underdog Fantasy promo code fellas. We got the AFC South breakdown on this episode today. I will open up with uh, with a bit of news, uh, and we will we will just dive right on into the AFC South. Then, so uh, without further ado, let's get into some of the news and notes from the past week, and probably the biggest piece of news we have: uh, Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show reports that J.K. Dobbins will likely start the season on the pup list. Makes note that his injury was worse than just the ACL, some meniscus and LCL damage involved in there as well. But maybe the best part, J.K. Dobbins snaps back on Twitter, says that he will be ready for week one, and that rap whoever Rap's talking to is full of crap, and that he should be talking to J.K. Dobbins himself to get all the news updates. So... I don't know what either of you two make of this, but I'm telling you right now, I hate this for J.K. Dobbins. I'm out on J.K. Dobbins. I'm, I am I initially was pushing my chips in on him. I think I'm about 87.5% out on him now. Yeah, I would agree. I had J.K. Dobbins. I just actually adjusted it today. I took away about 20 carries and a little over 150 yards from him um, just because even if he does come back healthy right away or – not come back healthy. Even if he starts game one right now, this all this proves is that he's going to take a little bit to get back. You know, yep. he's not coming in fully healthy. And that's a real big, like, bummer. Like, I was really expecting a huge year from J.K. Dobbins. I was expecting 1,200 yards from J.K. Dobbins. That's what I thought he could do. Right. And I just don't see it anymore. And like you said, I've had plenty of times in these best ball leagues where J.K. Dobbins is right there. And I can't do it at all. Like, I just can't trust him enough this season to be like, he's going to be dominant like I thought he was going to be. Yeah, what what's crazy is I have J.K. Dobbins started out 204 rushing attempts for 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. And I'm like, I don't want to give him less volume. But all of a sudden, like, I'm going to have to because all of a sudden he probably is going to start the season – I mean, we don't know if he'll start the season on the pup list for sure. Maybe he won't. He'll only miss, you know, two weeks or something like that. But still, that's 25 carries that J.K. Dobbins won't get this year. All of a sudden, you know, we're looking at 180, 175 carries for J.K. Dobbins. Tyler, what about you? What are, what are you making of all this? I just think this is one of the classic, you know, <clears throat> the team wants to be conservative and bring him back, but J.K. Dobbins is just ready to go. Yep. There's, so it's – you can call it a miscommunication if you wanted to, but I think someone is going to eat a piece of humble pie. Yeah. Typically, it's the player. It's not the training staff. So I'm with you guys. I'm a little – I'm I'm even more hesitant on J.K. Dobbins now, and I already was. I mean, I've got him as my RB20, and that was really just on the back of touchdowns because I only have him for like – 185 and 800 yards oh wow. so yeah like there's there's some receiving work that was mixed in there as well but like i if he if he starts to fall into rb3 territory in drafts now because of all of this i will be more than happy to take take that on because you know you know there's you know there's 
better to come when he comes back healthy as an RB3, but when you're drafting him as an RB2, there's a lot of risk there that I don't think I could take on. Yeah, definitely. One guy who's following at best ball drafts right now, Antonio Gibson. Would you rather take Antonio Gibson or J.K. Dobbins right now? I think that's where we're at. That is, that's a tough decision. That's about where we're at. Honestly, it's neither. I would go wide receiver there if it's between the two of them. Gun to your head, you have to choose a running back. (laughs) I got to pick one of those two. I still think I take Dobbins. Um, because I'd rather have the upside of him later because what we saw the last half of the season in 2020 was just electric. Um, but it's it's barely Dobbins. Like Gibson might just make us eat our words. He might just come out and Brian Robinson is not as big of a factor as I'm projecting him to be, and that could definitely be the case. But I think I'd take the upside with Dobbins and this touchdown upside that he's definitely going to have on the Ravens. <sighs> Man. <laughs> You could literally ask me tomorrow, and I might say the other player. Like That's it I'm is, at. it's literally a flip of a coin for me at this point. I think I would lean Dobbins, but like you said, Tyler, I could easily wake up tomorrow and then be reminded of how much of a value Antonio Gibson is in best ball drafts right now, going in the freaking seventh round. Mm-hmm. Get out! Of, get out of here. Anyways, uh, yeah, something to keep an eye on as we near the start of the season here, and as we get into training camps. Uh, next piece of news. We spent a lot of time on that, but that was worth it. Leonard Fournette. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, reportedly shows up to camp right around 260. Coaches are not happy. Uh, I wouldn't be either if I was a coach because uh, Lenny's got some competition, right? Mm-hmm. Like Rashad White ain't no chump. <laughs> he he ain't no chump at all. Uh, he was quite literally the Arizona Sun Devils offense last season. Is this a big deal or, or not a big deal for fantasy? I'd like to see, you know, come August where he's at. I don't think it's too big of a deal. I mean, he put out a tweet today like, yeah, see me September 11th. and Or keep the, he was like, keep this energy when you're in front of me. I'll see you September 11th or something like that. I think he's a veteran. I think he'll come back and be just fine. He's a pro. Um, he, you know, he's got he's on Tom Brady's team. I think if anything, Tom Brady just whips him back into shape and is like, you literally I could see Tom Brady going, you either show up or I'm just going to have the coaching staff cut you. Like that's probably what it's going to be because Tom Brady doesn't take that on his team. So I'm not too concerned right now, but it's definitely something to monitor. See for me, Leonard to me, Leonard Fournette has always carried around the weight question mark, even when he was in Jacksonville. Right. right? And I'm not necessarily going to directly correlate the fall off in play towards the end of his tenure in Jacksonville to the weight stuff. But there was, I mean, there was a resurgence in Tampa and in what it really seemed to be was motivation. And I think that's the one thing you can never doubt with playoff Lombardi Lenny. Um, is that like, he, he, like, I think he recognizes that like, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal, but there's still plenty of time before preseason stuff before the start of the season. So it is, I mean, I think the best way to describe it, it's alarming, but it is not something that like, you you know, people need to like panic sell in dynasties or anything like that. Like give it time. And when, when that time comes around, I think, I think Lenny will be just fine. 
yeah, how do I say like I'm not concerned, but also I think it's going to cause me to start looking at other players in drafts around Lenny's range. All of a sudden, when I thought Lenny was probably a surefire thing, uh, when I would be taking, when I would be drafting, I might start looking at other guys. Like I'm looking at um, underdog best ball drafts right now. Uh, Tyreek Hill, literally ADP of 21.9. Leonard Fournette is 22.1. So literally they're going right around the same range. I might favor Tyreek Hill in that situation now. T Higgins uh, goes a pick and a half later. I might eye T Higgins a little bit more. Not really eye Javante Williams. Maybe I might eye Nick Chubb a little bit more. Maybe. That's a big maybe though. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I might favor Keenan Allen there. Mark Andrews goes at the 20.4 versus Lenny at 22.1. Like some of those other names might become more intriguing to me mm-hmm. until I see Lenny get into better shape than 260. So sure. I, I think he'll probably be fine, but in best ball drafts right now, I, I might be enticed by a few other players around him, but, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think we need to panic or anything as of right now. No. Uh, last piece of news for moving on, Dalton Schultz officially playing on the franchise tag this season. Odds he's a Cowboy next year. No explanation? Yes. 70%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say 65. I'll go like 80. Okay. So you're, because- you're more in favor. I, I just think it's Jerry Jones just trying to play hardball a little bit and be like, it, you just had one season, like you've never backed it up. And Dalton Schultz, if he backs it up again, like Jerry's going to be like, take my money, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he'll fork it out. Jerry, right. Jerry will fork out money if he wants to fork out money. That is yeah. very true. Let's move on to the AFC South breakdown, the meat and potatoes of this episode. And as always, we start with the man himself, hot take tie. Ty, we've had some, uh, maybe we say optimistic That's hot takes uh, the past few episodes. This one doesn't seem so optimistic, though. No, this is very much on the other side of the scale. And look, it's it, the best way to look at it is that I'm praising one player. I'm not down, or I shouldn't say downgrading. I just like one player better than the other. And they're both in this division. They're in the same division, just different teams. And um, I, I've, I'm on record on the podcast saying that these rookie wide receivers are guys that you should not be banking on this year. De, you know, I know that some of them. I know, like Chris Olave going to the Saints. That's probably the best overall situation for a rookie wide receiver. Traylon Burks is walking into a situation where he can pretty much just start right away. Drake London, the same, right? I, I, again, I'm on record saying you cannot bank on these rookie wide receivers. And uh, this hot take has a similar theme to it, most definitely. Um, there's a wide receiver on the Houston Texans that got drafted in the second round this year. And his name is John Mechie out of the University of Alabama. Hot take is that John Mechie? finishes above Traylon Burks in fantasy football this year. (laughs) That's going to irritate a lot of analysts who have been saying uh, Traylon Burks has league winning upside this year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a hot take for a reason. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm. I mean, I don't agree with the take necessarily, but I. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. No, but I. I Just don't the way you it, set that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think that it's as outlandish, though, as it sounds at first. Like John Mechie is stepping into a situation where they need him. You know, isn't Traylon Burks though? He is too, but they're both rookies. Like you know, you just get get a little more chemistry with the quarterback earlier. Traylon Burks has had reports where he's struggling a little bit, you know, just to be on the field practicing. So it's not outlandish. It's not something that like I'm. I wouldn't draft John Metchie had Traylon Burks in the no, draft, no, no, but no, it's no, not no. outlandish. It's a hot take. Mm-hmm. It is that that is the purpose. It's supposed to make you go, oh. <laughs> so I I I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but uh, I I think our projections would also say that, right? But our projections also have plenty of room for for error in there too, and and unexpected, unforeseen circumstances. So uh, we'll get to both John Mechie and Traylon Burks in a little bit. Uh, we're actually going to start with the Tennessee Titans in this breakdown, uh, and we'll start with a guy who I think. I'm trying to find the best way to describe him because Derrick Henry has the upside of being the number one overall running back in fantasy football, but 28 years old foot surgery last season, foot injury came back and played. Didn't look that great. He's probably one of the most difficult players to try and figure out where he goes in the first round of fantasy drafts. If you ask me, uh, I have missed my running back five, Tyler. You're at four. But Cameron, I noticed before the episode, you actually had Derrick Henry as your running back three. You made some tweaks. He's now your running back six. So what made you drop him three spots and outside of your top five running backs? Yeah, so I actually didn't change his workload at all. I still think he's going to be top three in touches this year. I think they're just going to keep pounding the rock with Derrick Henry, and they're just going to do it until the wheels completely fall off. Um, but what I did notice is I just had his efficiency very high. I had him closer to 4.75, 4.8 yards per carry. Hmm. And I think he's going to be closer to 4.5, 4.4 this year. So yeah. it just came down the yards a little bit. And I brought him from 13 and a half touchdowns to 12 and a half touchdowns this season. Um, just because I don't think this Tennessee offense is actually going to be that good. Um, they just, I just don't think they have enough weapons um, like they, I, I don't think they have a true deep threat that's going to stretch the field on this team. So teams are just going to stack the box over and over again on them. And so that's kind of what leads to it. Still an elite player, only two points behind Austin Eckler for running back five. So, um, but just came down a little bit because that's, that's where I feel comfortable taking Henry is about the running back six. Yeah. Tyler, anything you want to add on to that? Because I, 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 I agree with all of that. Like I have him at five and I could easily put him at seven. I could also easily put him at two, right? Like there, like there's a case Derrick Henry could be the first running back taken off the board in fantasy drafts this year. Like, I don't think that's an outlandish statement. Is there anything you really want to add on to that? Cause I mean, let's, let's be clear. You should be a first round pick. Oh, for sure. You should be a first round pick. I think the best way that, at least I can describe, you know, how or when I'll be comfortable taking Derrick Henry in drafts 
is if I'm like seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And people are passing him up and Henry is falling into my lap. Then I'll take a shot on Henry, but I'm not going out and, and getting him. I'm not targeting him to be like, okay, I'm going to reach for him two picks above where he should go. Like mm-hmm. I only, only way I take him is if he falls. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, quick name game. Cause I know Tyler loves them. Ah. Um, <laughs> we'll make it quick. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. JT. Uh, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, CMC. I've taken JT and CMC as well. Derek Henry, or Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin. I'm taking Dalvin as well. Derek Henry, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper Cup as well. Derek Henry, Justin Jefferson, Justin uh, J Jets. I think I'm taking Jefferson too. I want the safety of those two wide receivers. Derek Henry, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler slightly. Yeah. If it's PPR, half PPR, go Henry. Ooh, interesting. I'll, I'm I'll, going Eckler either go, way. Yeah, I'll go Eckler either way. Uh, Derek Henry, Najee Harris. Because now we're getting to right now, we're all of a sudden we're in that seven, eight range that we're talking about. And so far, we're all across the board. Seven, six, seven guys would take ahead of Derek Henry. Najee Harris. Ooh. Yeah, I go Najee. I wouldn't I like doing I, it. I yeah, I really wouldn't like either. See, I'd I'd be I'd rather reach on digs at that spot. Oh, interesting, interesting. I think I would go Derrick Henry here, though. I would take the chance. Uh, though coming to the draft when you put him right in front of me and I'm forced to make the pick, I would probably I'd probably say Najee because uh, I would rather have the youth and safety there. So, mm. I mean. This is the variance we're talking about with Derrick Henry, though, because there are people who will take him number two overall. There will be. I guarantee you. I'm probably going to be in a league this year where somebody takes Derrick Henry number two overall. I'm also going to be in a league where I'm sure I'm going to get Derrick Henry to fall right into my lap at pick 10 because I got him at pick seven last year, right? There's going to be so much variance with Derrick Henry, but no question, top seven running back. Should be a first round pick. I don't think we need to discuss that any further. I got one last question. Yes. Because we've spent a lot of time and we'll probably need to zip through the rest of this after this. But thankfully, the AFC South doesn't have a ton of fantasy relevant players. (laughs) We've got like four players left. Yeah. That's a good good point. (laughs) So look, Christian McCaffrey, right, has battled injuries the past two seasons. And, and, Yes, we all know that they don't directly correlate with each other, right? And it is not a reoccurring injury that keeps getting him. But we're in, I guess, me and Cam are in it with CMC, right? Knowing the injury history. Derrick Henry's only had one injury. So, like, I'm trying to piece this together, but, like, if the mentality is, like, okay, I'm willing to take the injury risk with CMC, should I also be taking on the risk with Derrick Henry then? Because you know that Derrick Henry, sure, may not be putting up 25, 26 points a game like CMC. Derrick Henry can put up like. Uh oh. We lost him. Oh, no. We lost him. Well, we'll let him back in. I think he was onto something there, though. Where how do you, how do you compare and balance out yeah. CMC's injury history and, but also realizing the age and the injury risk of. Derek Henry. Oh, he's back now. He's back now. Tyler, wrap up your thoughts. 
I lost my thoughts. <laughs> oh, of course you did. I think That's I can right. answer. I think I can answer your question though. Um, I the only reason I have Derrick Henry lower is because of the offense, and it's not because of him, like efficiency wise. It, but I am a little nervous because he is 28 and he's had so many carries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think I have him at six. Now, all those players we listed are the only players I would take ahead of him. There was, there's not a single player. There's not a single other player that I would take ahead of Derrick Henry at that spot. So the latest I would take him is eight. Um, but like I said, like I'd be tempted to take him over Najee. Um, half PPR or something like that. I would take him over Eckler. Um you know, so it's it's really close. It's you're just kind of picking, you know, it, they're little tiebreakers that you have in your head that you go through. But right, I'm not right. I'm not as concerned about the injury. I would agree. I would agree. Let's move on. Um, let's look at both of these uh, Tennessee Titans wide receivers now. Um, let me get back to my notes. There we go. Traylon Burks. I have him as a wide receiver 39, Cameron Neera wide receiver 38, Tyler wide receiver 44. Robert Woods then, I have him as wide receiver 32, Tyler at 46, Cameron at 33. Ty, you have missing games though, right? Yeah, I I don't know the exact amount of games, but I do have a missing time. Okay. Sorry, Lucas, I don't want to cut you off. No, you're good because my ranking at 32 also assumes he plays the entire season. I, I haven't so. docked him any games for that yet. So who would you rather roster, Traylon Burks or Robert Woods? It depends when I'm taking him. Um, I think if he's my wider – if I'm shooting for a wide receiver three right here, I'm taking Robert Woods. Um, but if he's going to be a bench guy, wide receiver four later, I think I'm going to go Burks and just because I'm, I want to bank on the upside. We know who Robert Woods is. Um, Traylon Burks, like we said, he has the potential to be special. None of us are predicting him to be special, but he does have that potential. Um, and so I think I'd take Burks if he's like my wide receiver four or five, but if it's my wide receiver three, I'm definitely taking Robert Woods. Tyler, any thoughts on that? No, I'm the same way. And I know that when I mentioned the hot take, right, I didn't say, like, you can't bank on the rookie wide receivers. That's different than saying there's upside with a rookie wide receiver as your wide receiver four. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree. Because I think when you're looking at your wide receiver four or five in your drafts, you I, th- I would rather shoot youth than a guy like Robert Woods. I think I would rather roster Traylon Burks, even though I have Robert Woods higher. Because I think I could just as easily flip their stats and feel comfortable with having either of them on my team, right? Yep. Um, are you concerned about Traylon Burks at all? Lots of reports coming out about asthma and not being able to stay on the practice field. I'm, I, I want to get it started because I have thoughts on this and I need to get them out. You all know what this sounds like? It sounds like a lot of Jamar Chase hubbub from last offseason. Man can't catch the football, having trouble seeing the laces. He's having struggles adjusting to the new NFL. Go watch his film. (laughs) That's how I know people don't want to watch his film. uh, And they just listen to whatever people type out on the internet, right? It's like, oh, Traylon Burke's top prospect. Oh yeah. He's the best wide receiver in this class. Well, where's that energy now? Where is it now? So just because the man has had asthma his whole life, he's all of a sudden not a good pick. I I don't find logic in that. So I I'm not concerned about Traylon Burks. 
I think some people are going to start to fade him. And I think he might actually become a value in fantasy drafts come August. Like we saw Jamar Chase, not to the same degree, right? Jamar Chase was still a six round pick. Traylon Burks is not Jamar Chase. Let me separate the two there, but I think I need to say my piece there. Are either of you concerned on Traylon Burks? I'm not concerned about him actually be playing. What I'm concerned about him is that he's not on the practice squad is getting chemistry with Ryan Tannehill learning the offense. That's fair. That is what it is. So I would, I'd be more concerned about a slow start than him sucking. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I'd give him a three week grace period. If this, if this news keeps you know coming up um, before I really start kind of judging where, how I think he should be playing, you know, but I, but I think I think that's a totally fair point because rookie wide receivers don't get off to the starts that Jamar Chase does. No. Justin Jefferson sat out his first two games of rookie year. We will preach that on a mountaintop as Minnesota Vikings fans. Every rookie wide receiver typically starts to see their breakthrough point about midseason. Like Amon Ra, it took what, 13 weeks? Yeah. 13 weeks and he had five explosion games, right? Like it takes time for these rookie wide receivers, okay? Um, but I think there is something to be said about like building rapport and training camp to then at least have that to build on in regular season games. If you're trying to do that in a regular season game, you're already behind, right? So I, I understand that concern there, but I think that's less of a concern for me because rookie wide receivers typically take at least half of their rookie season to, to get acclimated to the NFL. Tyler, what about you? I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this kind of goes back to the point that we were saying about like, you know, Guys like Tyler Algier, you know, people are saying he's going to be the starting running back for the Falcons. That's not a guarantee. Zamir White, not a guarantee, right? Like, we need to adopt the mindset that, right, it only happens every so often when you get a Traylon Burks, a Jamar Chase, where they just step right in, right? Like, and even Drake London, right? But it's not a guarantee that they produce. No, no, 100% agree. Uh, just looking at their uh, ADPs on underdog, Traylon Burks going as wide receiver 46. I would be happy to take a shot on Traylon Burks at that point. Robert Woods at wide receiver 49. I think I would be willing to take a shot on both of them at that point. They're just such values. Either one of them. You look at guys going around him. MVS. I'd rather take both of those guys over MVS. Uh, Chris Olave. I'd probably have Chris Olave. Tyler Lockett. I'd rather take both of those guys over Lockett personally. I'm I'm just kind of staying away on Lockett. I don't want to deal with his inconsistencies. I know that's what people have said in the past, but it's a Drew Lockett quarterback now. Okay, this is a different kind. This this is a different level of inconsistency. Uh Sky Moore, I would much rather have Trinlon Burks or Robert Woods. Um you got a few other names in there. Alan Lazard, Hunter Renfro. I'd probably take both of those guys ahead of either of those two. But my point being is that I think they're fine prices in, in underdog drafts right now. For sure. Let's uh, let's move on to our next team. That actually, here let's wrap it out. Ryan Tannehill. Any other value other than two quarterback leagues? Tyler, you have my quarterback fourteen. Is that just? I mean, he's been top twelve the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. He was top fifteen last year. Didn't he finish quarterback twelve last year? Oh, he might have finished twelve actually. Now that I think about it. The man just has rushing upside. Like he's yeah. for the past two years, he's rushed for seven touchdowns. And they're gonna need they're gonna need him to kind of, you know, do a little bit more this year just because there is <laughs> it is the current state of the Tennessee Titans. Like they just need Tannehill to kind of step up a little bit this year. Yeah. 
100% agree with that. Austin Hooper uh, went to the Tennessee Titans. Tyler, I know you like him as a late late round sleeper tight end. Uh, I love him in best ball drafts. If I can get him yeah, as a second tight end, I love having him as my second tight end in best ball drafts. Yeah. Anything you want to add on Austin Hooper? I mean, he was valuable for Matt Ryan back in Atlanta. I mean, he, he's, I mean, everyone's going to point to Cleveland and just say like, oh, he didn't do anything in Cleveland. Uh, no one in Cleveland did anything. Well, and he was mean, playing with was, Njoku too, who is also no scrub. He's playing with Njoku in a run first offense that is between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, uh, and then he has to battle with Odell and Jarvis Landry for targets and stuff. Not a favorable situation for him. Yeah, I would much I would much rather have Austin Hooper battle with Traylon Burks and Robert Woods for targets when Robert Woods is already not Robert Woods. Traylon Burks is already struggling. Robert Woods might miss time. I would rather have Austin Hooper there than anywhere else. Hundred percent agree. Uh, now let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and we'll clip along on these. We don't have too many players to talk about in on each of these teams. Uh, let's start with probably the most hyped prospect on this team. And I say prospect because he hasn't actually played a down of regular season NFL football yet. And that's Travis Etienne. Uh, all over the place. I am seeing Travis Etienne has running back one overall, not overall, <laughs> top. Uh, my goodness. Travis Etienne has RB1 upside. That's what I'm going for. My goodness, I couldn't get that out. Uh, if we had two-minute majors on this podcast, I'd be wearing the helmet right now. Um, <laughs> Travis Etienne, I have him as running back 19. Tyler, you're at 23. Cameron, you're at 21. That's what I'm, I'm going to ask us that question. Does Travis Etienne have running back one upside? Like, is he the like poster child for the zero RB strat this year? I don't think they score enough touchdowns. And I think James Robinson is going to be just enough of a nuisance to kind of keep him from being that high up. I think he's going to be a really good player and very explosive and have some amazing plays, but I don't think he has RB1 upside this year. This is the definition of a split backfield. I mean, Doug Peterson will find a way to have both of them on the field at the same time. I shouldn't say at the same time, but they'll they'll get you know equal playing time, I'll say it like that. And goal line carriers, I they they will go to James Robinson. They just will. Because I mean, you look back at all the former running backs that Doug Peterson has had in Philly, like Eric Blount, Jay Ajayi, right? Like he doesn't really have any like notable running backs that catch passes out of the backfield. So I like I think all that to say ETN is much riskier than people want to say. And I am more than willing to let people, you know, die on the Travis ETN hill because I, I just don't think it'll pay dividends. Here's who I remember when I statted this team out, I looked and I said, Travis ETN is probably going to get 70% of the carries without James Robinson. Like, I don't think that's otherworldly to say that. As soon as James Robinson comes back, I still think Travis Etienne gets the bulk of the carries because, I mean, James Robinson is coming off an Achilles. Okay, let's not downplay that. All of a sudden, that's like a 55-45-60-40 split backfield between the two. And that actually hurts Etienne a lot more than we probably want to admit. Not only that, Etienne's third down usage probably comes down because it's not like James Robinson doesn't catch the football. James Robinson catches the football. So you're looking at that. I think Travis Etienne's passing game usage is what probably keeps him 
right around that top 15 range for the probably the first, what, six, seven games, six, seven, eight games of the season. But as soon as you get Robinson back, you know, after week nine, right around week 10, I I think ETN becomes a little bit more problematic. I think it, it becomes more headache-ish to try and figure out what to do with him. He'll be great the first eight weeks of the season. I have no doubts about that. I think he'll probably hover right around top 15. After that, as soon as you mix James Robinson into that mix, I think you nailed it on the head, Tyler. Doug Peterson will find a way to get James Robinson touches. They may, they doesn't mean they'll be efficient touches. They won't be great touches, but like he's going to spell Travis Etienne and his value is going to come back down. That's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Are you drafting James Robinson? I didn't, I don't think I put him on the, actually I did. I put him down towards the bottom. Uh, are you drafting James Robinson in any league? No, I'm not either. I am, but it depends on where exactly. Because I know in because I know in best ball he's in the fifties. So you're willing to take a shot on James Robinson in the fifties? Yes. Okay. Like I, in, I won't argue the that. fifty running back in the fifty running backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't argue that. Yeah. But I know. I mean, again, that's best ball. I don't know where ESPN or you know or even sleeper. Has, I'm not touching him in PPR. Uh, no. Yeah, or in no. redraft. No. I'm not touching him in redraft. Uh, Christian Kirk, let's move on to wide receivers. And Christian Kirk got that man. He got a bag, absolute bag this offseason. Uh, wide receiver 27 for me, 33 for Tyler, 28 for Cameron. I'm just going to take this one because I've been the guy who's been pushing the big Christian Kirk agenda this offseason. <laughs> yep. I, I, if you're not watching on YouTube, Cameron and Tyler both like, yeah, let, let, let me kick back. Lucas can take this one away. It baffles me. It baffles me. He's going as wide receiver 43 on underdog right now. I, I don't know what wide receiver one goes outside of the top 40 wide receivers. Maybe it's one that that's playing on the Jacksonville Jaguars. But like, I get he's not this big, sexy wide receiver one that Trevor Lawrence probably needs. But he fits into this Doug Peterson offense just so perfectly and i wish people would understand that coming off a career high in yards 982 last season that was 24th best amongst wide receivers scored 2.02 fantasy points per target last season that was 15th amongst wide receivers and doug peterson runs this like west coast rpo hybrid mix kind of an offense uh i initially had said he runs an rpo offense people push back i know he runs west coast do some research on it he basically created his own offensive system that heavily features RPO amidst a West Coast style offense. So it, it, it is a blend of the two. I just want to clarify that and correct any mistakes I would have said on previous podcasts. That type of offense loves to utilize slot wide receivers, though. And Christian Kirk took 84% of his snaps from the slot last season. Dude's got hands too, okay? He's not just like a one-trick pony and it's like, oh, get him the easy targets in the slot. Uh, he was fifth in catch percentage last year, sixth in contested catch rate as well. So normally you're thinking easy slant routes, easy out routes, right? Like, of course, there's going to be no contested catch there. Sixth in contested catch rate last year. So, like, I get people want to say his, his contract is atrocious, right? I... 100%, I don't disagree with that at all. The man got massively overpaid. I am not saying Christian Kirk is worth up to $18 million a year, but to write the man off just because he got a bag? Really? That 
like I, he's not the most talented wide receiver out there. But to get a wide receiver one in an offense at wide receiver 43, he might be the only wide receiver one in his offense that's going outside of the top 30 wide receivers. I, I It maddens me. It maddens me. It's not going to be pretty volume. He's going to disgusting volume his way to a top 30 finish. But like, it's going to be nothing sexy. It's not going to be jaw dropping. It's just steady contributor. 12 and a half fantasy points, 13 fantasy points a week. Maybe not a week, but you get my point. Case made. You should be drafting Christian Kirk. You should, you should be drafting Christian Kirk. You should be drafting Christian Kirk this year. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm actually low on Trevor Lawrence. I didn't realize I was lower than you two. Uh, quarterback 19 for me, quarterback 16, quarterback 17. Any value in redraft to quarterback league superflex? You could be a streaming option depending on um, you know, the week and but he's not someone I'm gonna draft. I'd rather see how he kind of starts to do with um Doug Peterson. You know, I kind of want to see is he actually gonna take the step forward? Is he the guy we all thought he was gonna be? You know, I don't I don't feel pressure to take him and like I'm gonna miss out because I think his ceiling this year is like a Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. you know. A top ten quarterback, we were like, man, that would be nice to, to have. Then seven, and so like, if you don't have him, odds are you have someone on your team who is as good or better at quarterback at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'm not looking at Trevor Lawrence unless he's in two quarterback leagues. I'd love him as a quarterback too in two quarterback leagues. If I you know start right away with a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and I can build some depth and then take a shot on a guy like Lawrence, I think that's what I would do there. Tyler, you uh, any interest outside of two quarterback super fox? It seems like everyone has Tua as like the trendy upside QB for super flex and two quarterbacks. Preach. Just keep going. I know where you're going. And I love this. I like Trevor Lawrence more than Tua to be that upside quarterback than Tua. Yes. I thousand percent agree with that. I. I think the best part about it too, Trevor Lawrence is not a pocket pastor, right? Like the dude's got some, got some wheels on him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a couple times where he calls on his own. He, he calls on himself and says, you know what? I'm just going to run it in myself. And so maybe even in redraft, maybe I'm looking at him as a quarterback too, just because, I feel much better about his upside. Some of the other quarterbacks that are going that late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, w- I would agree. Does he have like, this is going to be a terrible thing to say. I think we can all say he's, he's going to be a more talented quarterback in the NFL than Carson Wentz, but does he have like sneaky Carson Wentz upside from 2017? I was literally going to, I thought about saying it like that, but I was like, yeah. everyone's going to take it to that. Like I'm comparing Trevor Lawrence to Carson Wentz. No, we, we, we all know. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the better quarterback in the NFL than Carson Wentz. He had a terrible rookie season. Okay. Like there's no two ways about it, but like I look at how they both play and Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz had an MVP season in 2017. I think there's sneaky upside there for that. I, I love that. I love that you brought that up. I felt like I was kind of on an Island with that. Not going to lie. That's one of those where like (laughs) I sit in the shower some mornings. (laughs) I think about it. I'm like is it like like am I crazy? Do I just sound stupid right now? <laughs> just let the water hit me in the face. A couple times <laughs> right, just... right. 
I'm glad I'm not alone there. Uh, if you got to pick one of these other three Jacksonville wide receivers, uh, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chenault, you taking any of them? No. I agree. I'm, I'm a little in on Marvin Jones just because I, I know I've said it before. I get some like Elshon Jeffrey vibes with Marvin Jones and Elshon Jeffrey. I know that he did a lot of his production in Chicago before going to Philly, but like, I don't know. I, I, I've got a feeling that there's something there with Marvin Jones and especially with how late he's going. Like, I think he's the number two guy there. Like there's gotta be some value for how late he's going. Well, yeah, the, I I agree. I think there's probably value on Marvin Jones. I don't know if it's a risk I'm willing to take, though. I don't know if he's like, he's not a guy who's going to shoot the moon, right? No, like, no, no. I think no, that's no. why I'm not in on him, really. It's like, at, at the point I would be drafting him, I'd rather draft a Christian Watson who could be the next best thing for Aaron Rodgers, right? I'd rather just shoot for the moon. Mm-hmm. But I think you're onto something there. He'll be one of those guys that has a 15-point week, and everyone's like, wave a wire ad. Uh, as if you know we didn't know he could do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh i would agree if i had to choose one i choose marvin jones evan ingram dan arnold any interest there uh evan ingram sneaky sleeper i mean doug peterson likes his athletic pass catching tight end um see zach Ertz. not calling evan ingram zach Ertz. that's ridiculous but any interest not with both of them that's what i think people forget dan arnold still exists like Dan Arnold didn't just disappear. So I don't know. I would take a shot on Evan Ingram in best ball, but that'd only be to build up some depth and on the chance, you know, he has a 20 point week or something like that. And you know, you're down George Kittle or something like that. Yeah. That'd be the only reason why I look at him. All right, let's move on. We got two teams to cover in about 15 minutes here, which I think we can do given uh, who's on each of these teams. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Let's just start with Jonathan Taylor himself. Running back two across the board for all of us. Neither of you are taking Jonathan Taylor at the one-on-one, are you? No, but he is the safest one-on-one pick, and he shouldn't go past 102. I agree. I'm taking him at the one-on-one, Chris McCaffrey at the one-on-two. That's my preferred order, but that's because I just prefer the safety of Jonathan Taylor at the one-on-one. Because I've had the one-on-one each of the past two years in multiple leagues, and Chris McCaffrey, and then I get screwed. So to hopefully have a little bit of a safety net, I just want Jonathan Taylor. But Christian McCaffrey shouldn't be go- going later than the 103, and I would take him at the 102. Agreed. I can't tell if you're pondering something, Tyler, or if you're just like, I, yes. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility that Jonathan Taylor repeats as an RB1. And I think the big trendy stat is that, like, you know, it's been a while since we've seen a running back repeat as an RB1. But I believe it's been you, 10 plus. But when you look at the talent that Jonathan Taylor has and the offensive line that he has, like, Jonathan Taylor has every possibility in the world to finish RB1 again. He totally does. Yeah. yeah and, and youth is on his side. Okay. I don't think yeah. they run him into the ground like Derrick Henry, but does he have, you know, 15 plus touchdown upside again? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's just move on to Michael Pittman. Uh, another polarizing name in this offense. Uh, I am as a wide receiver, 15, Cameron at 16. Tyler, you kind of, it's funny because you've been dubbed the Michael Pittman guy on this podcast, <laughs> that you're the guy who has the love for Michael Pittman. But really, I just find it funny. You only have him two spots ahead of Cameron and one spot ahead of me. Uh, so I'm just defaulting to you. 
you you we've we, we've said you like you like Michael Pittman. You've typically been more uh, high spoken of Michael Pittman than Cameron and I. So you have him top fifteen. What's your level of confidence of having him in the top fifteen, and how reflective is that of your actual uh, favoritism of Michael Pittman? Um, I'm fairly confident of a top fifteen season for Michael Pittman, and I'm looking, you know, at the projections that I've got for him, and it's really nothing, you know, too spectacular. I'll say. I mean, it's. Sure. 87 catches on 135 targets, just over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. It's not anything super flashy, but I think, you know, we're going to year three of Michael Pittman now with a much better quarterback in Matt Ryan, who yes. will get him the ball. And I big bodied wide receivers. I mean, just go look back at Atlanta at Atlanta, like over the past, like five, six years. I mean, you can go to, you can look at Julio Jones. Here's a, here's another name, Roddy white. You remember that Ooh, name? Yeah, you remember that Roddy guy? White. I had him on my first ever fantasy football team. Man, what a legend that guy was, but like Matt Ryan, um, he, he, he can, he can really help out a, a, a decent wide receiver. And I think what we saw last year from Pittman was a nice little kind of breakout because rookie Michael Pittman was kind of a no show. Well, so, Phillip, well it doesn't help when Philip, Philip, I can barely toss the ball overhand. Yeah. <laughs> is your quarterback. Hey. Um, no. So I, I don't know. I just think this, when you compare last year's situation to this year's situation, it only got better for Michael Pittman maybe there's some red zone targets on the way for him too, just because he is, he is a taller, bigger, wide receiver. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I don't really disagree with anything you said, because that's where I'm at with Michael Pittman too. 88 receptions. I believe I have him 135 targets as well. Just over 1100 yards, seven touchdowns. Like I think people, some people are concerned about touchdowns. Like I get it. Like when Julio was the only guy without, you know, a Ridley, um, like I get it. It, it was tough. Sometimes it was really tough. I guess I'm just not as worried about it. And if I am, guess what? I'm not drafting Michael Pittman a ton anyways, because just because of where his ADP is, I'm I'm looking more the James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott at that range anyways. So, and there's a few other guys I have ranked higher than him who are also going in that range that I would rather just take anyway. So I don't end up with a lot of Michael Pittman to begin with, but also like, I don't like, I think he's right around top 15. That's probably where he'll be this year. I don't I mean, think he goes any higher than that. He won't. I I really struggle to see a reality where he finishes outside of the top twenty-five. I yeah. I just yeah. I don't think no. I don't think he'll be that low. And I know and I, and there are people out there that will say like he will finish outside of the top thirty. Yeah. I don't. I just don't see that because I Michael Pittman is a big possession wide receiver and yeah those typically are safer plays than your straight vertical guys because it's inconsistent then. Right, right. Most definitely. Let's move on to the rest of these Colts here because we also have to get through the Texans yet. Uh, Matt Ryan, how excited are we on him? Tyler, I guess you have the highest at quarterback 20. I'm at 26. I, I think I'm a little bit low on him, but I'm just not interested in Matt Ryan to begin with. Like, I don't think this is still a run first team. 
John, the, the offense runs through Jonathan Taylor. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to have a ton of you know top 12 fantasy finishes that I'm all that interested in rostering him. I mean, only kind of relevance he has, in my opinion, is if you're going to stack him with Michael Pittman. That's it. And even that's like... That's one That's nah. one of those sneaky, like, snoo- snooper flex, super flex draft. Like, if you have yeah. a super flex and Matt Reiner's a quarterback, too, and you have Michael Pittman, like, that's one of those those sneaky stacks that I think could probably pay off if you don't stack somebody with a Josh Allen or something, right? Like, if you don't want to take the capital on Stefan Diggs and you just want a, a cheap stack in a super flex, I think that's one you could probably get away with. I don't, I don't mind that. Uh, any interest, Alec Pierce, uh, Paris Campbell? Any interest in either? Not really, no. Uh, I'm interested in Alec Pierce in Dynasty Leagues. That's about it. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a shot on Alec Pierce in Dynasty Leagues, but other than that, I'm not too interested in a redraft. Uh, Naeem Hines, is he going to be a valuable handcuff this year for Jonathan Taylor, or is he just standalone value? I'm I'm surprisingly very in on Naeem Hines. I don't have a lot to say about him other than PPR upside, and Matt Ryan likes to check down the ball to running backs. Some people will say, well, that's all Jonathan Taylor. Well, they also have Naeem Hines, and Frank Reich has said he's a guy who will get a decent amount of volume this year. I wouldn't draft him even if I have Jonathan Taylor personally. I just, you know, I don't think he has enough standalone value where I want to put him in my lineup. Um, And I'm not so concerned about Taylor getting hurt. And even if he does, I don't think Naeem Hines is just going to directly take over. I don't think he's a big enough back where they want him to be, you know, the true number one if Taylor goes down. So I think even if Taylor goes down, it's still a committee. Agreed. Uh, Naeem Hines is one of those guys where I think I'll take a shot on him in the later rounds if I need a running back five on my team. He's kind of the perfect guy I look for. I know some people are saying, like, I'll take him as my running back four. A little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. A little bit of a stretch for me. I would do running back five for sure. Uh, But uh, he's not a Madison. He's not a Pollard. He's not a name another. uh, Jamal Williams. I, I don't even think he's that caliber of a need to draft him if you have their starting running back. I, I think there's enough standalone value, but I, I don't. you don't have to go out of your way. He's not like the steal of the draft this year or anything like that. Uh, okay, I, I need two minutes, though, to, to wrap out the Colts. Can I have two minutes? I want to talk about one player. If you listen to our podcast back on June 24th, uh, where we discussed our early sleepers, this was Tyler and I, we discussed our early sleepers on this podcast. Uh, you probably recall I made a rather uh, scandalous change in my life. My wife's over in the other room, probably like, what in the world is he talking about? Um, <laughs> that was the episode I officially broke things off with Chris Herndon. It made Mo Ali Cox my new tight end that will probably never pan out in fantasy, but I'm going to hype to no end. Um, Mo Ali Cox became that guy for me. Matt Ryan sneaky loves to defeat his tight ends. Okay, uh, we're going to take Pitts out of the equation, though. Uh, we won't even include him in this in this discussion because you know that'd just be disrespectful to Mo Alley Cox, not to Kyle Pitts. Um, but <laughs> twenty twenty, <laughs> I need to move on. Twenty twenty, Hayden Hurst. Okay, with Matt Ryan, finished as tight end ten, tied for tenth in tight end targets, seventh in touchdowns amongst tight ends. I like that. I like that. 2019, Austin Hooper, tight end six, 
sixth in tight end targets, tied for fourth in touchdowns. Jeez. Again, 2018, Austin Hooper, tight end sixth, seventh in tight end targets, tied for ninth in touchdowns. If this is a year, if, if there's any year for Mo Cox to have a breakout season, it is this year. I will plant my flag on Mo Cox. With Matt Ryan in that offense, I have so much more faith in Mo Cox. I, this isn't me saying go out and make him your starting tight end in redraft leagues, but I just I need to say my piece on Mo Cox because I know nobody cares about this, but we're going to come back to this a year from now, and I'm going to say I told you so. Confident. All right, let's move on to the Houston Texans in three and a half minutes because we can cruise through the Texans in three and a half minutes. No offense, Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks. Wide receiver 16 for me, wide receiver 20 for Tyler, wide receiver 19 for Cameron. Brandon Cooks is going as the wide receiver 25 in underdog leagues. Is Brandon Cooks the most disrespected fantasy player of all time? That's the only question I'm going to ask. Is he the most disrespected fantasy player of all time? He's got to be close. The only problem with best ball is you shoot for more upside. And Brandon Cooks isn't going to give you a huge upside week, but he's going to give you 15 points every week. You right. know, so I think that's why he's lower at best ball. But it, when redraft comes, he better be easily top 20. I mean, but th- he's so, the only guy there. So that's also really why. Good. So that's also why I like a guy like Brandon Cooks in best ball, because I'm going to shoot for the moon, right? If I don't get a, a, a Cooper Cup, a, a Justin Jefferson in the first rounds, I get a Tyreek Hill who could flop on me on any given week. I could get a Mike Williams who could flop on me on any given week. Brandon Cooks will be that consistent point where like, okay, you know what? I got 14 points in my lineup for sure. Right? Like, I, there is some value to that in best ball. Um, I don't know if I, I wouldn't draft him as high as the wide receiver 16 in best ball. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but I think you have to shoot a little bit upside. At any rate, Tyler, is he the most disrespected fantasy wide receiver of all time? He, he, he is up there. He is up there. <laughs> Six top 20 finishes, six 1,000-yard seasons out of seven. And the one season he didn't, he was injured. Case closed. Draft Brandon (laughs) Cooks, okay? If if, if you think I want you to draft Christian Kirk, you should be drafting Brandon Cooks. Draft Brandon Cooks. Agreed. Draft draft Brandon Cooks. Um, Two running backs, Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce. Who do let, let go in a circle? We won't explain anything because I really don't want to break down this backfield. Who do we expect the running back one to be? Uh, our rankings say, uh, well, Tyler's says Marlon Mack, ours might say Damian Pierce, but who do you actually think the running back one will be? I don't think there will be one. I think it's going to be split pretty much down the middle and it's going to be disgusting because um, Rex Burkhead's going to get plenty of touches too. <laughs> I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole, this backfield. Um, I understand people are like, oh, Damian Harris could be an RB1 in this offense. Who cares? It's the Texans. They're scoring like nine touchdowns the whole year. Uh, it just doesn't matter. I'm sorry. The whole, the whole year. That's, <laughs> that's 56 points. That's all they score. Well, hey, that's I'm assuming a... they missed the. No, that's right. Nine times seven, 56. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, 63. 63. So Do your nine trick. <laughs> What's the hand? Put it down. <laughs> three, four, five, six, and I got three on the other side. There's your math lesson for the day. Thank you, Mr. Lawrence. Now we really need to wrap this podcast up. You can tell. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think it will be Marlon Mack. Only reason why I have Damian Pierce ranked higher is PPR upside. 
That's about it. Oh. That's about it. Okay. I think, uh, I think, I think, I think Marlon Mack starts out the year as RB1, and I shouldn't, I sh- it's really, you know, I mean, it's really going to be split, but I think Marlon Mack kind of takes the lead duties. And then people are going to be really, really disappointed because they drafted Damian Piercing and that he will be the ERB one, and then they're going to drop him. And then he's going to be like the clutch, like 15, 16 point, you know, week a guy, a week a guy, no, 16 point a week guy there it is. at the end of the season. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I have Mac higher just because I think he kind of stays RB1 for the longer uh, part of the season. But uh, definitely. Definitely keep your eye on Damian Pierce because who knows he could he may be a uh, down the road league winner waiver wire pickup. If I combine Marla Mack and Damian Pierce's stats, they are my RB twenty eight. So I'm kind of out. <laughs> just, just just a little bit. Just more, I'm just kind tad. of out <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, any interest, John Mechie, Nico Collins? You have interest in John. Ty has to have interest in John. Yeah, he has to have. <laughs> I, he, I do. He's on the hot take. He has to. Yeah, and Jefferson or John Mechie. Ooh, I'm going Van. I'm yeah. I'm going Van, but I. I mean, I'll say both. I'll take a last round pick on John Mechie, and I'll take a nice little twelfth rounder on Van Jefferson. Yeah, it sounds All great. Right. All right. Uh, I assume we have no interest in Davis Mills. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, yep. Nope's all around. That wraps out our AFC South breakdown. Uh, here, let, let's do this to close out quick. Uh, who wins the division? I'm going to say the Colts. I think the Colts as well. I think the Titans because they just do. And it's just, I don't they understand do. how. They just do. <laughs> like last they year, they were the do. one. How are they the one seed? Gosh, name one other person on that team besides AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. You can't. So, yeah, I mean. How do they? I'm going to pick the Titans because of Rabel. I think I'm still going to stick with the Colts. I don't I could I could easily flop to the Titans tomorrow, though. Uh, Player you're most excited about drafting from the division. Besides Jonathan Taylor? Besides, Um, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Besides the, the, the easy picks. Oh, I don't know. No one. Brandon Cooks. Oh, Brandon Cooks, yeah. <laughs> Feel obliged to say Mo Ali Cox. Um, Brandon Cooks. Yes, you uh, have to, you have to say you, him. I, player you don't want to draft from the division. Traylon Burks. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, probably Michael Pittman, even though I have him high because he still makes me nervous. I know it's just because he makes me nervous and where he's going in drafts right now. It's nothing yeah. against him. I still haven't predicted it. Why did you were 16? It's just, he makes me nervous. Yeah. yeah I'll I think say it's it. him or go ahead. I'll say the Texans running backs. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say the Texans running backs, but then I saw Travis Etienne's name again. And I think mm, I'm just yeah. wary enough where I I'm passing on him, where I just don't share the same opinion of a lot of people that he's this super high upside could be. RB one player. I just, I'd rather not. Well, he's a sleeper, don't you know? He's a sleeper. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy <laughs> Football Fellas Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. FFL is on Twitter. The FFL is on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube. Hey, we're up to what 
2.5 thousand subs on YouTube. Thanks for flocking in over there. Uh, where we'll be releasing the video episodes. <laughs> you should have laughed, man. Uh, we'll, we're releasing video uh, podcasts over there. So if you're watching that right now, hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll be releasing some other short content. Hopefully, hopefully, come regular season time, we'll get into some uh, 10, 12 minute content as well. Uh, and then on TikTok, fancy football fells on TikTok. 100, and I will get you the live update. I believe we're at 107 still. Tyler's looking right now. We are at 107,000 followers. Thank you to all of you who have followed us over there and have come over to listen to the podcast. We are grateful for every single one of you. Stay tuned for an exciting announcement next week about that. Pertains to 100,000. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Any final thoughts from you two as we close out? Keep fighting the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight. Yes. Keep fighting the yes. good I don't think we need to say anything else. Uh, three Put it on a t-shirt. Dudes. Put it on a t-shirt. Fancy football fellas. Three Stooges being dudes. We'll see y'all on Friday. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.